Hi everyone and welcome to this marvellous bonus episode. We are going to be talking today about 2019's Captain Marvel or Shazam or Captain Marvel or Cara Danvers, Supergirl, Carol Danvers. There's a lot of names associated <laughs> with this and it's all one big ripoff. It's astounding they have gone so close to the bone with it. <laughs> I'm joined by Miss Mandy Kay. Miss Mandy Kay, how are you? Hello, I am so excited to be talking about Captain Marvel. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just waffling. Comic books, comic books, comic books, comic books. Yeah, this is not your thing at all, is it? Ooh. Not even a little bit. I did have a friend at work who was like, so is she Supergirl and this is just a film version? <laughs> no, no, no. I know Carol and Carl are really similar. Don't worry. Just ignore everything that sounds the same. I honestly <laughs> completely forgot that Carl's last name was Danders. Yeah. Completely it's forgot crazy. that until you just said it. Uh, text from superheroes did a really funny one of like a thread of you know Billy whatever his name is on Shazam going, "Hey, you've stolen my name," <laughs> and Super going, "Yeah, tell me about it." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Captain Marvel came out on International Women's Day. Uh, we have both managed to see it. Uh, Mandy, what were your thoughts? Did you like this one? Oh, I loved it. I don't think there was a way I was not gonna love it. Okay. You loved Wonder Woman. I, I mean, Wonder Woman meant something to you. And and our conversation on Wonder Woman was terrific because you helped me understand quite what it meant and, and stuff that I'd missed in the subtlety and in the writing. Mm-hmm. Did this have the same impact? Is this just, this is a wonderful superhero film? Oh, okay. So this is tough. And this is what, something I've been thinking about since I walked out of the theater. Mm-hmm. Um because it, at first I wasn't sure. I couldn't articulate how I felt about the two movies comparatively. Um, you know, I immediately asked Joseph and his son, which one did you like better, Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel? And immediately, with no hesitation, both of them said Captain Marvel. Yeah. And I was a little taken aback by it. I didn't quite understand why they would say that with no hesitation when I was struggling. And I think in the moment part of me felt like I thought Wonder Woman was better. And so I've been thinking about this. And I I think what it is, is that Wonder Woman elicited such a strong emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. Because like we talked about, it was something that I was seeing really for the first time. Mm. You know, and so it, it had a little extra oomph to it. So by the time I saw Captain Marvel, I had already experienced that emotional connection that I needed. And so I was slightly less and not not less engaged, but I guess I didn't need it as much, and so I wasn't impacted by the strong woman because now I've already had that, so I expect it. Okay, Does that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, and so the experience was different because I didn't have that immediate like I didn't tear up in Captain Marvel, and I super cried in Wonder Woman. Right. Even though they both have very comparable threads. I mean, Captain Marvel, honestly, Captain Marvel's, like, line, um, I don't have to prove myself to you, is arguably way better than the No Man's Land scene for what it means. Okay. But I just didn't have quite that same level because it wasn't new anymore. It wasn't, I've never seen this before, and I'm just so overcome by emotion that I get to see it. Mm Mm-hmm. That I've really kind of struggled with the two movies and comparing them. But I think at the end of the day, Captain Marvel is the better movie. 
Let, let's take a step back then. Is it fair to compare them? I think they are two different stories told in different ways mm-hmm. that have different goals and different things around them. So is it even fair to say which one works better because of those differences? I don't think it matters if it's fair or not, because by virtue <laughs> of what they are, right. it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Okay. okay. I, I did ask a question to my wife um, when we were on the way home from it, I think. Maybe. Oh, no, no, no the day before um, about the fact it was released on International Women's Day, because I couldn't decide whether that was a good thing or not. For me, because it was calling attention to, hey, we've done 20 of these films and finally we're doing one with a woman. So let's do an international. <laughs> it just felt a bit too much. And she said, no, you know, yes, it is too late. Yes, it should have been done earlier. Yes, all of those. But at the same time, this is a big moment for them. So just add on to it every layer and every bit of detail you can. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, uh, and I think that absolutely works. Uh, in fact, the reason we were talking about it was her work, um, her firm sponsored the media previews of the film oh, and they okay. had postcards made to have captain marvel on the front and they're, they're genuine postcards they got the sort of bit for writing a bit for an address on the back and the point was that you were supposed to um write a postcard and send it to a woman who inspires you or a woman who means something important to you in your life and send them a captain marvel postcard now it's a really good marketing tip Mm-hmm. But that's just another thing of like, they're just talking, you know, this is a film for women about a woman being strong who gets to say, I have nothing to prove to you. And and they mm. pull it off amazingly well. I think this is a film for everyone that's about a strong woman who gets to say she has nothing to prove to you. That's very, yeah, very true. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else spot on. I mean, for me, it's a 10 out of 10 film. Like I saw I, that. I cannot fault this film. I'm, I'm not entirely sure I enjoyed it. A 10 out of 10 in the same way there are other films that I walk out and often go, well, oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't put my finger on anything and go, oh, I wish they had, I wish they had. And the more I take time away from it and think about it, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just in the moment, uh, you know, whether it's the, the the closing credits, the credit sequences, the way it ends or something didn't quite give me the high when I reflect on everything. Well, I think it's because this movie breaks the mold of what you expect. Mm, okay. There's oh, there's no love interest. There's no... She's not defined by anybody except for herself. Okay. I mean, they try because, you know, the, the Cree are trying to define her as Cree, and that's who she believes she is. Mm-hmm. But the whole movie is about her trying to really understand herself. It's about her identifying herself. Right, and it 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 doesn't have any of these other tropes that you experience that you expect in a movie about a woman. I mean, we couldn't even get Wonder Woman without a love interest, you know. And Wonder <laughs> Woman, she gets her strength at the end because her love interest is dead, presumed dead. Mm. You know, like that momentary burst of emotion is what gives her the strength to succeed. And Carol Danvers doesn't need that. You know, and and I think just because it's a little bit different, it's not what we're used to. It breaks that mold. It doesn't have the same formula that you come out of it not sure what to feel and feeling like you just can't quite put your finger on why it's different Mm. or why it's not quite meeting that emotional need that you thought you had. Mm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it, really interesting you saying that about the love interest and, and what you said about the comparison of the no man's land scene and the I have nothing to prove to you. Because the, the moment I compare it to in Wonder Woman is the I choose love. The the thing that allows mm. her to beat him is 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 him saying men are awful. Uh, uh, sorry, not men. Mankind is awful and is wages war and destroys everything around it. So let them do that. Join me and let's let's bring chaos around the world. And she says no. There is beauty and wonderfulness in them, and that comes from the fact she's had a love interest. She's had, she's been able to see the wonderful moments of dancing and comradeship. To, to get to that point to say choose love mm-hmm. but it's really interesting because um i want to say patty jenkins who directed wonder woman yes was that her name yeah okay um she she talked about love interest and she says it's really bad not really bad it's really hard because women when it is a film about a woman being strong you often can't give her a love interest because that's her standing with someone what well, if superman is allowed to have lois lane the the female hero should be allowed to have a love interest as well and still stand on her own and be strong. And I, I can completely see where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think you're absolutely right. It works not having a love interest for Captain Marvel. And particularly from a story point, if there was something on Earth calling her to Earth that she didn't want to leave, it would make the end sequence harder and, and her story of leaving Earth harder. Right. Whereas... By giving her a friendship of such import, it, it, it isn't necessarily something to keep her there. It's these are people I want to fight for. Mm-hmm. And my fight is out there and dealing with the Kree and the Skrull. Right. So for her, it's not just about fighting for humans. It's about fighting for people. Mm. You know, like she's fighting for the Skrulls at this point. She's fighting for humans. She's fighting for the right thing. Yeah. She's fighting against the would-be executioner. She's fighting against the one who's trying to take over everything so that they can prevail. Yeah. You know, and that's also something that we don't often see. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't often see the hero leaving Earth to go save somebody else because our stories are so Earth-centric. Mm-hmm. Like, even we've got Asgard, but, you know... They had no trouble actually destroying Asgard because it's not Earth. You yeah. know, Thor is eventually going to come back to Earth, and that's really his home. You know, not really his home, but that's where he belongs to protect. That's where his like, story is set. We don't care yeah. about Asgard. And with with Captain Marvel, her story is more about the universe mm-hmm. and just saving who needs saving. It's not about, I have to be on Earth to save the Earth. And that's a wonderful departure as well. Yeah. I'm just going to throw in a comment from uh, Caitlin, at Inferior Caitlin on Twitter, who said the same sort of thing as you. Um, Her not having to prove herself to the douchebag is the best effing thing I've ever seen. Yes. And yeah, it's a moment of triumph. Like, why would she face him without using her powers? She's got the powers. She's got the powers. (laughs) you know and and it it there is i've seen people writing and comparing it to people calling out AOC to go and debate them oh she's come out and debate me oh, face me on my terms no let her do her thing exactly let carol be carol <laughs> <laughs> yes i dig it yeah. um and I just thinking about coming away at the end and and thinking back on it i remember 
uh, coming out of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and thinking, oh, I haven't enjoyed that as much. And actually, the more I thought on it, the more I sort of realized why. And, and it is sometimes there are films like this that you have to go away and think about why is it not hit in certain ways. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so you've mentioned The Crawl on the Scree. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was amazing. Good. You've mentioned the Cree and the Skrull. Uh, let's talk a bit about them. My wife made a really good comment of, I enjoyed the film, that I enjoyed that the film made me puzzled at first as I was sitting thinking, but but the Cree are the bad guys, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And yeah, the MCU, a, a little bit in the films, but particularly in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., has set up the Cree are bad, they dominate, they view humans as less than everything else, they just want to take everyone over. So starting the film off with, hey, look at this amazing, great society, all these cool blue people. It's really good. Except they weren't all blue. No, and I think they haven't always all been blue. Okay. Um, but to differentiate them in the past, they, they've generally gone to the blue thing. Right. In the same way, the Nova, I think, are not always blue. Or not always a, a colour. In Guardians? Guardians. Yes, Guardian. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking, I was also confused mm. because my thought process was, and, I, and I'm not caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I haven't watched it in so long. Okay. But my thought process on it was, I'm pretty sure the Kree are the bad guys, mm. but she's a Kree and she's obviously a good guy. And I completely expected Jude Law to be a good guy. Like for, for him oh, to really? end up being a bad guy was a twist for me. Um and and so they were setting it up with the scrolls to be evil, and scroll just sounds malicious. Yeah, right. And and so you're totally buying into the story that they're selling you, despite your knowledge that Ronan's a Cree. Like mm-hmm. this is bad. And and so it it was wonderful that they were able to sell me that, and I bought it mm. right up until the moment we realized what's actually happening. Yeah. Uh, and that is good, solid writing. Taking something that you've established elsewhere in this universe and then doing something interesting with it. But if you're not following all the rest of them, if Captain Marvel is one of your entries to it, which for a number of people I think it will be, mm-hmm. and it's a good entry to it, the revelation is still interesting because they're still telling you, these are good guys, these are good guys, now we're going to twist it. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and it's 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 not entirely outside of the realm of possibility that the Kree could have been good in 1995. Mm. You know, maybe something happened over the last 20, 30 years to change how the Kree experienced the universe. Well, so let's talk about the Skrull, who, uh, what was the phrase my wife used? The Skrull doing Guantanamo-esque interrogation techniques, uh, interrogation tactics, and killing people in order to further their relative humanitarian aims of rescuing their families. Yeah, they bind her up and invade her memories. They do, but she's a Cree from their perspective. Okay. So she's the so one she who has it. done this to She them. dressed that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she's got the blue blood like the Crees do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she's basically the female version of Jude Law who is a Cree. And so, like, I don't fault them for that at all. Yeah. Uh, and what's really interesting is the scroll are another big plot point in the in Marvel comics. And and there is a big expectation 
that they are going to be the next thing to deal with after all the infinity stone stuff is dealt with the scroll form the next big arc okay so have we seen them in the mcu before this no this was their introduction and this was going to be sowing the seeds for what was going to come in the next iteration of the mcu whatever whatever it moves on to once we dealt with thanos the scroll are kind of expected to be that thing whether they are or not i don't know i've no you know i just know bits of what i've read um Mm -hmm. And yet they've set them off as being the good guys who are lovely, who have families, who are great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the same way we're talking about how they've done something interesting with the Kree, making us think they're goodies and then converting them to bad guys and saying, yes, things can change. And look, there are rebel elements within the Kree anyway who are fighting against it. They're, they're setting up the Skrull in the same way that at some point in a future film we might get a, oh, they're not all good. There's something more going on with this lot. Right. Which I like. Yeah, I mean, there's probably going to be a renegade scroll out there who just cannot get over the injustices done to his people mm. and doesn't care that they've, you know, tried to just find their own home and live in peace because he is going to destroy the universe because the universe destroyed him. Yeah. Because people, man, that's what people do. I've seen people um, postulating that there is a scroll already in Endgame. That one of, one of the people we're seeing is one. I'm like, oh, make it be Carol. Make the opening of the film be someone's pretending to be Carol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much to consider, too, especially since, you know, this movie obviously takes place in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And there's so much speculation about time travel and Endgame. Yeah. So, so there's just so many different ways this could go. Mm. Okay, the mm. 90s. That is a great segue. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's talk the 90s aesthetic and the soundtrack. Oh my god, the soundtrack is so good. Yeah? <laughs> so good. Like, we left the movie theater and I immediately went to Spotify to try and find it and it wasn't on Spotify. But mm. there are a lot of enterprising people out there who have taken all of the songs and put them in a playlist called Captain Marvel Soundtrack. Yeah. Great. I will link to one, our friend at First Time Trek, she put one together, so I'll, I'll link to it in whatever notes I associate with this bonus episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, some of these are, are songs I play, because, you know, I was in a band for some of this, and some of these are songs I play in a band. I We used to do Just a Girl, and I was the one who got to sing it. Uh, and so Please hearing, tell me there's a recording of that somewhere. Oh, probably. We, I mean, we only released one CD, so maybe, maybe. Um, oh, I need that in my life. <laughs> but... Like hearing it in a in a film like this is just wonderful. It's not a song I ever would have expected. Come as you are is one of the great songs of all time. So, I mean, that is wonderful. Ending on celebrity skin. Our friend this A. E. Shaw, one of her main notes is like oh, celebrity skin is from nineteen ninety eight though. Which yes, yeah. Shh. We won't tell <laughs> if you won't. Perhaps it took them three years to leave Earth and go with the squirrels, maybe. That's true. There's no actual like time markers for the passage of time in this movie. Yeah, that that is exactly the sort of thing that uh, you know one of us would have picked up on if we known it as well. Um, but it's all wonderful. There, there's a, a chap on well Twitter. He he is the writer and artist for a web comic series called Wonderella, the non-adventures of Wonderella. Which, if you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen me retweeting Wonderella. It's absolutely hilarious. And he actually said, how weird is it to use just a girl in a fight sequence? Like, it's a really strange choice, and I'm not sure it works. 
Oh, it totally worked for me. I loved it. Yeah, for me, it utterly works because I was really worried they were going to nerf Captain Marvel and make her less powerful than actually she is. Because she is Superman. She's more powerful than Superman in some ways. Oh, yeah. She's absolutely the most powerful that we've seen out of yeah. the MCU. And, and they didn't reduce her powers or change what she could do particularly. And so why would you have tense, big fight sequence music? You know, she doesn't care. She can crack wise whilst doing this stuff and know that no one can touch her. Mm-hmm. So why not make it a fun sequence? Because all she's doing it for is to stop people getting away with the test or, or help her team get away with the tesseract. It works for me. It, it's the, the sort of juxtaposition of the music helps sell. She doesn't care at this point. She knows she's got this. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. And it's also a great, honestly, it's a social commentary on gender politics. Oh, that yeah. And, and that it, song, it, yeah. Yeah, that song against that fight scene mm. of I'm a girl and I can kick your ass. Yeah. I'm just a girl in the world. So many reasons for me to run and hide. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. I love it. So what else did you like in this? We, we, I think we're circling around the main point about there's a cat in this film. <laughs> oh my God, Goose is so amazing. Did, they... did you know? No, I had no idea. Even like throughout the whole thing where they kept the, the, the running commentary up of that's not a cat, it's a flurkin. Mm. I was like, they just have a weird name for a cat. For some reason, they're afraid of cats. <laughs> like I had no idea. Um and knowing that's how Fury lost his eye is even better. <laughs> like, oh my god, it, it was fantastic. And I just saw yesterday um, Funko released the um, the images of the Goose Funkos that they're gonna do. Okay, and I'm like, I I need both of them. <laughs> I need them in my life. I I have to have them. And oh my god, Fury with Goose. Mm. I've never in my life seen Fury so relaxed yep. and goofy like he's done humor but it's usually one off deadpan humor that's still pretty intense and this was just i guess because he's 30 years younger 25 years younger i can't do math mm-hmm. that this was before he was really hardened by the job and so he got to be all cute and goofy see i i think it really does mesh with the character we come to know and when you think exactly you say, there's a lot of time between this and, mm-hmm. and he is going to go through some stuff in that time. But when I think of the first Avengers where he says, you know, put us over the ocean. Well, we don't know what the, where the ocean is. Is the sun up? Put it on the left. <laughs> and the moment in Avengers uh, Age of Ultron when he turns up and, and uh, Stark is working on the tractor and he says, whatever you do, don't bring it to life. Uh, those are not yeah. just the, the deadpan you know i've got my eye on you type sinister True. stuff it's just him wisecracking right but it's it's not silly okay i think and, and... Oh, no, they're pretty silly <laughs> <laughs> but but not playing with a cat silly i think it's yeah, it's, not yeah playing okay. with a cat silly. Okay, yeah. i mean i don't think it's out of character i think it's just wonderful to see mm. it's a side of him we haven't actually seen before yeah. like that kind of softness mm-hmm. i liked it yeah it's really good and to use this film to give us his backstory because this is technically the next fury film 
that, that they will now never make because they don't need to. But right. to have slipped it in, the film about the female superhero, this guy that everyone loves, everyone who likes the MCU loves Nick Fury, loves Samuel L. Jackson's portrayal of him. Right. And to make this the film where they do it, it's wonderful and it works. And it's, you know, it sets up Brie Larson, Carol Danvers to be the lead of the MCU in whatever it becomes now. Mm-hmm. This movie did a lot of heavy lifting. Oh, yeah. You know, it introduces Coulson and Coulson and Fury's relationship. Like, there's new, but we still see Coulson has that gut feeling immediately and he lets them go. Mm. You know, and, and we get that line of, well, he's the new guy. But <laughs> we know how close those two become. Yep. And so seeing all of it, it, it was done really well. I, I will admit, I wish there had been a line to Rambo of like, I've got a friend, you should teach her to fly as well. <laughs> but that's because I want Ming-Na Wen and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. Maybe maybe that happens and it's just off screen. Maybe. I mean, she does not need the aging <laughs> technology. Right, no, just exactly. put her in, yeah. yeah. Um, Rambo, you, you talked a little bit about how it's a friendship rather than a love story. Although, mm-hmm. you know, there are fan fiction writers who will argue. Um, it is a terrific friendship and it, it it feels so pure that they were competitive with each other, but still friends throughout it. Yes. It it is utterly what we saw in Top Gun. Yes, absolutely. I, I like that they have the thing about, you know, women couldn't fly in combat when you were still alive. So it sort of explains why these two amazing, amazing pilots were doing test flights. Right. But it also has a bit of, like you say, a bit of commentary about the way women are treated. Mm-hmm. It, is there anything in this film that you wish they had done, that they had done better, that they'd left out? That's a good question. I, I can't think of anything offhand. I feel like it was done pretty, pretty well. I wish that we had gotten to see more of Annette Benning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Particularly as Lawson and not as mm-hmm. the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. I would have really enjoyed that. Uh, because she was incredible. Yeah. We, we've we mentioned elsewhere about MCU films always have a, you know, more esteemed actor doing a smaller mm-hmm. role in it. You know, the Robert Redford's, the Harvey, not her, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's. Um, she is this film's and she's wonderful. I mm-hmm. You really feel that the two different characters she plays are two different characters. Yes. And, Spectacular. And it's another thing of they took the character of Marvel, who was a man, and went, Oh, let's cast it as a woman. And then and then let's make it the same woman that we see as the Supreme Intelligence. Which apparently was a very late addition that they realized they could do that. And at that point it, it clicks and it goes, Yeah, this works. Okay. And it works to show the moment that Carol realizes she can have her powers and be more powerful than anything they've ever seen. Annette Benning is the one who sells it because you can't see Brie Larson at that point. She's just covered in flames and glowy stuff. Right. I love Annette Benning, and I wish I looked that good now. <laughs> she looks so good. Yeah. Like I couldn't pull off that haircut, but I really want to after watching that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's a great '90s haircut, but it works. Yes. Mm. I was surprised that. One, that she was a Cree, and two, that she was a Cree who was trying not to be a Cree. Mm. She was trying to help the scrolls. Like, that 
was a nice twist for me. I like yeah. how, again, it's a story that I couldn't quite predict how it was going to end. And that's probably from my, I, I don't have a lot of knowledge about comic book and comic book stories. Mm. And so people who do probably knew exactly where this was going. But for me, a newbie, when really my comic book education comes from the MCU, I didn't know where it was going to go. As as a film on its own, not a comic book, did you see any of it coming? So not necessarily being informed by, yeah, this is based on other stories and origin and things that we've seen elsewhere, but this is just a film and you know superhero films very well? I mean, I knew she was going to win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all. I mean, I didn't I didn't realize that it took me a long time to figure out that the the opening scene was a doctored flashback. Right. It took me a while before I realized that it was Jude Law who actually was the one who was attacking Marvel and trying to get the fusion drive. Mhm. So even after, because they, I think the reveal for that was after we found out that the scrolls were being persecuted. And so it still took a little bit of time to get there. Okay. And that might even just be because at that point, I wasn't thinking about that opening scene anymore. Mm. And so I didn't have a reason to immediately go, oh, well, obviously that wasn't a scroll. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, and so that may just be by virtue of, of timing in the movie. Mm. Like like the prestige, the opening shot kind of tells you what's coming, but yeah. without, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm. Did you see that it was the? Did you think it was going to be the tesseract? No, mm. no, and I honestly, I'm still not entirely sure how that works, given that the thing that actually gave her her powers was on a different planet than the tesseract actually was. So don't entirely understand like the physics of how it worked. Like philosophically, I get it, but actually, in reality, I don't. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it was using tesseract energy to pin up power the thing, and the tesseract energy exploded in front of her. So she is part Infinity Stone. Right, but if the tesseract was on her spaceship. Mm-hmm. How did the energy, like, did she separate energy from the Tesseract to put in the engine? Like, was she able to siphon it away? Uh, was it a Bluetooth link in 1995? I think the Tesseract was always on the space station, spaceship right. thing. I think of it in the same way I think of Dr. Bruce Banner taking in all of the uh, gamma radiation and becoming the Hulk. It just, exposure to it has changed her. Yeah, that still doesn't make sense to me. Okay. But, uh, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to make sense to me. Okay. I do like that that's what it was. I think when they started going to find it, it's like, well, okay, there's a very good chance this is going to be an Infinity Stone, and I think there's only one it can be at this point. Because at this point in the MCU, you still expect it to be one of those stones. <laughs> okay, so you are expecting that. Uh, at the point they started talking about there being something in orbit. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, there's actually a thing they're going looking for. Hmm. Yeah, I am I think I'm just not well-versed enough in the universe Fair. to have yeah. gotten there on my own. 
And you made a comment about not expecting Jude Law to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I fully expected Jude Law to be the bad guy. Is this just our opinions of Jude Law coming into conflict here? Maybe. I don't know. My my favorite Jude Law is Dumbledore and the Holiday, and okay, yeah, definitely right. not bad guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know if I had seen a comment of him being the villain or something beforehand, but I was always like, okay, what's this guy going to be? He's a bit too mysterious. I I like a good mentor story, and they set him right. up to be that for her. Mm. And, and so I was hoping that it was going to turn out good. Right. I'm just, I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. I'm really glad he was never a love interest for her. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. In the hands of a lesser writer, he would have been a love interest and his betrayal would be the thing that really got her to untie her hands, you mm-hmm. know, and come into her powers. And I'm so glad they didn't do that. And and there, there was a way of doing that, of uh, using it in a modern style that he used his, um, uh, I don't know the way to phrase it, his power over her, his leadership of her. Mm-hmm. To be like, well, I'll train you, but only if you sleep with me. And mm-hmm. and add in a modern, more modern context of men and women. And I, I, I suspect they probably talked about that at some point. And like you, I completely think it's better without it. Yes. Hmm. Um, we, we've talked about her powers. We've talked about the story, but we've not really talked about Carol herself. Uh, this A. Shaw said Carol is totally non-sexualized, but still full of feelings and character, and it felt worryingly radical. And yeah, of everything that is great in this, Carol's character is terrific. Her humor, her irreverent attitude, her rebelliousness, it's brilliant. I love it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just not what you expect. Mm. I, I don't think we've seen... Gosh, her sense of humor is like Scott Lang. Yeah. Honestly, she's like Scott Lang, but serious. Uh, She's um, still got the quippiness, but she's got the gravitas necessary mm. to get the job done, whereas Scott Lang doesn't. I mean, he's getting there, I think, now that we've seen him in three different movies. But our introduction to him, he was a hot mess. And she hasn't had that. She's always been calm, cool, and collected while still being witty. And it's great. I, I think it is the best portrayal we've seen of a human in stressful, uh, perilous situations. The the way she's quippy, but she's not mean and snarky. I mean, some of her humour is not too different from what we see from Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Stark. Not Robert Stark, Tony Stark. Tony Stark, yeah. But he always comes across as mean and competitive and wanting to be better than everyone else. Hers right. is more about having camaraderie camaraderie friendship camaraderie camaraderie um, there you go. with the people around her and going through the situation together mm-hmm. and and i like it so much more i i don't think there's anything that was written that i look at and go that's a well written line but not something i believe someone would say right whereas the you know take off the suit who are you a billionaire philanthropist playboy is a very well written line i don't see anyone coming up with it immediately unless they thought of it ahead of time yeah 
I, I think if Carol is now the leader of the MCU, if Brie Larson becomes the person heading up the Avengers and the storylines in the future, I am here for it. Gosh, I have mixed feelings about that. Oh, yeah. Only because of my emotional attachment to current characters mm. that would have to kind of step aside right. for that to happen. Um, I am not ready to say goodbye to Captain America. Okay. I know I'm going to because Chris Evans' contract is done. Yeah, you got five weeks. Get ready. But I'm not ready. <laughs> um, although I, I think she's absolutely worthy, perfect, great. I love it. But man, I'm I am Team Cap. I am mm-hmm. always Team Cap. Although I guess with Captain Marvel, I can still say Team Cap. Team Cap, <laughs> absolutely. I Okay, let's let's move into Endgame discussion then, and her yeah. impact on Endgame. What we're seeing because I'm I'm fully expecting in Endgame at some point Captain America has to lie down on a wire to save other guys, or throw himself on a grenade or something. Something that he has referenced in in the history because Marvel at the moment love doing. We've we appear to have sown the seeds, but actually we're just using bits of the script and putting them in elsewhere. Right. That whole like <gasps> Tony Stark said Endgame in Ultron. Like Endgame is just a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're not. I don't believe at that point they had it decided. Endgame is just something people say. <laughs> um, you don't think they're that smart? I think I think they had the title when he says it in when Benedict Cumberbatch says it in Infinity War. I don't think they had it in Ultron. Fair. Fair yeah. enough. Um, how do you think Carol is going to affect the future? What Do you see her coming up against and fighting Thanos or having to work with Thanos or what? I honestly have tried not to think about it. Okay. Well, let's stop this conversation then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, I don't know. Um... I mean, because all, especially before I saw Captain Marvel, I certainly didn't think about it at all uh, right. because I didn't know who she was, what her personality was going to be like, what her abilities were. I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Now that I've seen it, I've seen the end credit, the post credit scene where she shows up and now the trailer that they just released um, that has her in it. So I've I have seen not her. seen that trailer. You have not seen that just trailer. To be okay. Clear, yeah. Um, I mean, she's only in it briefly. Okay. Um, and they didn't do what I wanted them to do, and I knew they weren't going to do it. So it's fine. Mm. But with with that information, I don't know. She's going to be. She's going to be the one who fixes it from a firepower perspective. Okay. You know, I don't think she's going to be the one who thinks them out of it. Somebody else is going to have to do that, but she's going to be the one who actually has the muscle behind it. Okay. So she gets the gauntlet and the stones, however that happens. But Scott yeah. and Tony and people are the ones who use the quantum realm to time travel and stuff. Yeah, I, th- okay. I think she's the only one who can at this point because we had, I mean, we had Vision who's made out of an infinity stone, mm-hmm. but he's gone now. Oh. And so she's really the only one left who has the strength to handle them. Mm. Because even in Guardians of the Galaxy, when they had the the Purple Stone, I can't mm-hmm. remember which one that is. Power. It took all of them joining hands to be able to contain it. And even still, it almost ripped them apart. Mm. Kumbaya. 
(laughs) (laughs) And so I don't think anybody physically is capable of handling the stones apart from her. Right. That's fair. That's all I got. Okay. I'm sure you have many theories. I, I'm just looking, I think I've probably said this in the past, I'm looking for them to do things I don't necessarily expect. And, and like you say, we're expecting some time travel, some quantum realm stuff. And I think there's an expectation of, yeah, Carol can beat up Thanos really easily. That's going to be amazing. And that just makes me go, oh, I hope they have to work with him. I hope it's him coming to them to say, I regret what I did, or I wish I could undo it or something. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, turn it into a really interesting quandary about what's happened. And and I think they will. I mean, they, they, they have generally shown they can do that. So Yeah. I mean, I don't remember. Did we do a conversation after Infinity War? We did. I don't remember. I haven't listened to it in a really long time, clearly. <laughs> well, and I, mm. I still have that quandary about whether or not Thanos is actually a villain. Oh, yeah, I still think he's the protagonist of that film. He's the one who wins. And <laughs> yeah, okay. like you said, the ending of the film tells you what the film's about. Well, we end on a guy smiling because he's completed his mission. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I don't know. I mean, so clearly in the MCU, they don't care that we know that it's going to be undone because they've already released the trailer for the next spider-man movie yeah. that takes place afterwards that has both fury and peter parker in it does it take place both afterwards? disappeared in the snap yeah it takes place after this after endgame does it take place afterwards yeah mm. i'm pretty sure it does i think it you probably think it does i think it probably will i don't think it has to okay and I think that's the only thing. But they, at the same time, they've announced Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther yeah. 2, Captain Marvel 2. So I feel like yeah. they don't care that we know they're going to undo it. The mm. secret is how they're going to undo it. Yeah. And I I mean, currently, the, the, the prevailing theory on the internet is that it's time travel. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all going to go through the quantum realm, yep. come out, and do something. Yeah. I don't really buy that. I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't buy that. Okay. So. And and like like you say, time travel could be interesting. Is it they're going back to the 90s and interacting with Captain Marvel here? Is it they're going back further? Is it they're going back a week just before Thanos shows up and doing something with it? Is Wong going to turn up and save them all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's this whole, I know you haven't seen the trailer yet, um, but there are all of these articles now because um, Natasha has three different hairstyles in the trailer. Mm -hmm. And so there are all these things of this is a timeline, like you can see by her hair changing what's happening. And I don't entirely buy that either, at least not the way people are laying it out. Yeah, they've lied to us in trailers before. Yes. You know, Infinity War, they showed Hulk in a fight that he is not in. And they showed infinity stones on the gauntlet that were not there when we actually saw it. So that's true. Well, and they also told us that Infinity War was not going to be a part one. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that's that's not why it's line. only a nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> like if they were honest up front, I would have been okay. But coming anyway, we've had that conversation. Um, yeah, we did. We did. And, and in these trailers, from what I have seen, they have lied already because like there's scenes of them marching through and standing around. And there are very clear spaces where people would be standing and walking 
but there are no people in those spaces. <laughs> so they're keeping a few things secret. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All which right. which could be Tony, could be Carol, could be anyone. Could be Hulk. Mm. You haven't seen the new trailer yet, so I'm not going to say anything. I haven't. I've seen some screen caps. That's it. Okay. Because at this point, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to see this one. 20-something films in. <laughs> <laughs> right. I will say I'm really excited to see Carol and Thor in the same room. Okay. Yeah. I, I cannot wait for that interaction. Yeah. <laughs> I love women. I'm team women. <laughs> I wanted to be a Valkyrie. <laughs> Now I need to go rewatch Ragnarok. Yeah. Although I did just a couple weeks ago, but now I want to see it again. Which is funny because I didn't like it that much the first time I saw it, but the more I see it, the more I love it. I think it's still the best film in the franchise for me. Oh. I think Captain Marvel probably gets in my top five, maybe even top two or three. But Thor Ragnarok has a lot to work with. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I could see a future Captain Marvel doing as well. Nice. Mm. Okay. Thank you very much. Have you covered everything? <laughs> I, probably not, but okay. Um, so we've got five weeks until Endgame is out. Yep. And then we'll be having another one of these conversations that I suspect will be much longer than this one. Oh, possibly so. I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see whether Endgame is a proper ending or whether it does do some setup leaving things open yeah Mm. I I just I don't know I don't know what they're doing okay I've heard a couple of rumours of possible cameos that I'm interested to see I don't think they're going to happen but I would be amazed I I would be very pleased that they did so that'd be fun thank you for chatting about Captain Marvel with me thank you very much I hope everyone enjoyed it let us know your thoughts um, and we will speak to you in a few weeks for Endgame 